everybody. Welcome to Driving Them In with Jim Campanas Jr. and Eric Lenneberg. I'm Jim. Eric will be on here shortly. A quick uh, intro. Um, this show was kind of conceived of me being very bored on my L.A. commute. Uh, and I asked Eric to join me for a little conversation, and then it kind of sprouted into this little podcast thing, and we're excited about uh, our, I think this is our third episode, and we're looking for uh, some interesting comments from you guys. Uh, Eric and I will get into that in a bit. Uh, but today, Eric, we are talking about potential MLB expansion with our guest, uh, Norm Ordaz. Norm is out of Portland, Oregon. He uh, is a prolific, you know, uh, podcaster himself. He also has a background in baseball and uh, has a lot of inside information about uh, Portland's run to be an MLB expansion team. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing great, Campy. And you're in the car All again. Right. I feel for you. <laughs> so, yeah, right now I'm on the uh, 134 in Glendale, California. Not Arizona, Glendale, California. But I am hitting uh, 35 miles an hour. So, you know, I'm rolling by LA standards at this point. So, <laughs> Uh, but uh, no, I, I look forward to these uh, these calls, these conversations that we have, um, because uh, my commute is over in seems like five minutes, and uh, and and at the same time we're we're able to you know, uh, you know, kind of take an insider's perspective. You know, you and I both played ball at the uh, you know at the highest levels, and uh, we've got a lot of friends in the game still. We stayed in close uh, after we were done playing. That's right. Uh, we got into the minors, and you know we were. You and I have done stuff. I did marketing. You've done a lot of announcing and, and things of that nature, PA announcing. So uh, anyway, what, we talked about you know different topics, and obviously one of the things that is 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 is, is, is you know, sort of happening every so often, you know, the commissioner starts talking about expansion, uh, right. and, and he's just he's discussed a couple of specific cities, and and, and I'm not sure if there's like a hierarchy or order, but. What, what do you think about this sort of upcoming, um, you know, potential MLB expansion? And then, you know, I hate to say it, Eric, because I know already your your feelings on this, but the the realignment of the league with the you know eight eight and eight kind of a and eight eight times four you know division, and they would be regional. So what what's your what's your feeling about all of this? Boy, I'm so against it. Uh, so against it, you cannot believe I'm vehemently against that type of realignment. Uh, they're going to expand. I know it's going to happen. It's all about money. Uh, the expansion fees that are charged by Major League Baseball of new teams will put about $66 million in each of the current team's pockets. So everyone will be for yeah. expansion. But the right. way the realignment, and we're going to talk about this later, the realignment issue is what I'm concerned about. Um, and I know Norm will have an interesting perspective, like you said, being from Portland. And I keep reading that Portland is the top team or the top city as far as getting a new major league team. Montreal so it is, is Portland. Yeah. You think the, the you think the front runner is Portland right now? That's that's my understanding. Uh, okay. Portland and Montreal. Uh, hey, before we get into this, I had a couple comments from listeners from our last show. Oh, cool. Yeah, they sent me messages on Twitter, private messages. Uh, the first one. And this guy is a long-time listener. He used to listen to the fast pitch when I was on there and comment a lot. Yep. And he, he goes by the name of Sal Minio. He's from Los Angeles. And I like to call Sal a rebel with a cause because anytime I mention the Dodgers, he comes out of the woodwork. So Sal <laughs> is chastising me, saying that how dare you be so critical of Clayton Kershaw, the greatest pitcher of his generation. 
All right, right off the bat, Sal, I was not critical of Clayton Kershaw. Here's what I said. This season, when Kershaw pitches, especially his last two starts, he gave up four runs in the first three innings and three runs in the first two innings. In previous years, when that happened, the Dodgers lost. He got the right. least run support of any pitcher in the major leagues. This year, with the Dodgers' offense being what it is, they've come back and they've won those games big. I didn't say anything uh, bad about Kershaw. I consider, and you know this, Tampa, I think of Kershaw is one of the greatest pitchers ever, not just in this generation. So, so Well, and I'll, I'll step in and defend you on this because I have a, I really firmly believe that, and I see, you've seen this, I've seen this, especially left-handers. And, and I could go back to, you know, way back in the day, the guy like Frank Canana, Tommy John, uh, you know, guys were these lefties were hard throwers as youngsters, had, had bouts with injuries, and then they came back and pitched another 10 years as a totally newly reinvented uh, pitcher right. uh, because they were left-handed. And I'm, and I'm saying the same thing. Like, Kershaw is still trying to throw the ball by guys. He's still trying to, you know, out-duel them, uh, and he doesn't have the stuff that he used to have. And now is the time where he can pitch for another 10 years if he can sort of master this, like, crafty lefty thing. And so if your friend wants to bash me, tell him, uh, give him my cell number. We'll have a long talk. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. And I believe Kershaw is going to adjust. I think he's going to change I do, too. I do, crafty too. I think he's learning now. Yeah. He's figuring it out. Yeah. And he's having a good year. He's undefeated so far. He's having a good season. Uh, mentioning the Dodgers, since April 26th, Dodgers starting pitchers are 10-1 and with a 2.2 ERA and four of the last eight games they've had shutouts. So Dodger pitching as, as a whole is fantastic right now. Okay, right. now I had a message from Danny D. in Las Vegas, Nevada, another longtime listener, and Danny takes issue with our comments about salaries. Remember we were talking about we justified major league players being paid the way they're paid. And, uh, and one of the things you said, which is a, a very cogent point, these guys have a short-term, short-shelf life. They have to make enough money to take care of themselves and their families for the rest of their lives because they don't have any other skill. They can't go out and do things like someone who has a college degree and built up a business career can do. So what Danny says is that if he made $3 million in one year, he would have enough money to take care of his family for the rest of his life. And, Danny, I, I understand what you're saying. That sounds great. But I'm going to go back to there are 750 Major League Baseball players yep. that are the top 750 performers in their field in the world. And they work hard to get there. There's no accidents when someone makes it to the Major Leagues. That's why I always laugh, Campy, when I'm, I'll be at a game or I'll be with people in a sports bar and I'll hear somebody say, oh, that guy sucks. He's the worst player in baseball. Well, I wouldn't mind being the worst player in baseball. You know, I, I didn't make it to the majors. I wouldn't <laughs> like to be one of those guys. So if you're the worst guy in the major leagues, you're a pretty good company. So Dave, I'll tell you, uh, for a guy that played, I played college and pros for 10 years, and which makes up 20% of my life uh, as a uniform guy playing every day, hundreds of uh, maybe a couple hundred of games uh, a year sometimes. And, man, it, that, that part of my life was like a complete blur. Planes, trains, and automobiles, boom, I'm on the field three-hour game back in the, in the, in the, in, on a bus, uh, in a hotel, um, next time the season's over, train to get ready for the next season. And it's just a whirlwind. Uh, I saw tons of guys in my generation, our generation, 
who, you know, had good major league careers who are now like real estate agents because they have to, or they're right. selling insurance because they have to. And I think that's what my point is, is, you know, you dedicate this that much of your life. By the way, I'm an advertising executive and I love it. And I'm very lucky to have found like a second life outside of baseball. Uh, but a lot of my friends and you had some too, that, you know, they struggle with their identity out off of the field. And, and now that they're older and they're no longer that 20 year old guy, you know, they're struggling with, with a lot of issues um, that are directly related to the way that baseball players are sort of trained and conditioned and, and the work ethic and all, now all of a sudden, now what do I do? And, and, you know, I think you and I, you and I have talked about this many times where, you know, um, when I did get into sort of real life and, and it was time to sort of like get to work with the rest of the worker bees, like my work ethic was 10 times better than them because I, that was normal for to play baseball, right. you know? Like, right. So, you know, that, that part of me, um, I still believe that, you know, yes, Mike Trout deserves $400 million, you know, right. and because, because he is going to make exorbitantly more money than, uh, than that for the league and his team, you know, um, and he's going to make so many more, so many people happy, um, people that, you know, are love the game and watch him. That, it, that, 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 that's more than money. When a guy, when you, when, you know, and musicians, I think are the same way when you just absolutely love a song and it can take you somewhere and, and, and give you a, a sense of peace or a sense of, uh, fulfillment of some sort, you know, it, it transcends money, you know, so, yes. so put a dollar, a dollar on, you know, a player. Well, you got to, because that we live in a monetary system, but you know, these guys are bringing people joy uh, that you can't quantify. And, and at the end of the day, man, like uh, I, I almost feel that, that there should be, you know, now we, we heard um, that, you know, salaries have gone down for the first time in many, many years and average salary but you can see why it's because they're bringing up all these youngsters making minimum and, and guys who are first time free agents after, you know, solid careers of seven years aren't getting re-signed and they're done. Hundreds of guys are done from that were, were major league players last year. And so people got to remember that, you know, you don't even know if if your $3 million uh, contract or whatever is going to be extended for another year. And so the comment that that the the gentleman made about $3 million, like, you know, I'm, said for life, you know, remember that a $3 million contract is actually a $1.5 million take home after agency, I mean, agencies and taxes. Uh, right. Now, you, now you're, you know, you know, you, you have family, you know, you, you've always told your mom you're going to buy her a house like I did and I never could, but all these things like you brought, you, you have this dream along with everybody else that's with you and you want to, you want to give back to them for supporting you. So you got to remember, it's it's the baseball players' universe is not just him; it's a lot of people that have helped that guy along the way, and so I, that needs to be taken into consideration when when you're thinking about you know bashing on a a, a guy who's got a, maybe a six seven year you know baseball life. Uh, yeah, six seven years, I bet. Yeah. Okay. Also, uh, as you know, Campy, we have listeners all over the place, and we have listeners in England. Believe it or not, in ah, UK, we're, want... we're big in England. All right. Yes, we yes we are. We got to get big in Japan to... too. We got to get big in Japan somehow. We got to figure that, that one that's out. That's next. It's, yeah, we got to <laughs> do that. I, I want to give a shout out to some special people, people special to me there in the UK, and that's you know my family. Half my family is over there. So yeah. I want to say 
Hey, to my cousin Laura, my niece Katie, and her two daughters, Maisie and Millie. Also, Andrew Radigan, uh, who lives over there. Andrew is a huge American baseball fan. I don't know how that well, happened. Well, that's an English name if I've ever heard one. Yes, What's it is. What Andrew is it again? Radigan. Oh, that's, you know, that's, that's a very proper English name right there. That's right. I love it. So, Andrew, I know you love baseball, American baseball. If you ever get to America, if you guys ever get over here, Campy and I are going to take you to an Angels game so you can see Mike Trout in person. How's that? And they they serve tea there as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and 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 they have uh, Guinness, so uh, we got we got the best of both worlds for uh, Andrew. That's right. That's right. We got to bring. We got to get him. We'll get him to an Angels game for sure. Yeah, because this ties into what you were just saying about the enjoyment of seeing certain players. Mike Trout is a guy who many people, many, many people are going to be talking about long after he's done about having gone yep. to see him play. I know there's times I've gone to see the Angels and been literally in awe of some of the plays he's made uh, boy, over and over again, whether it's spring training or games at the Big A. It reminds me of when I was a kid watching Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale pitch. So it yep. does tie in exactly to what you said. Well, I wanted to sort of tie tie this back um, into the the, uh, the the topic of today with expansion, and Norm will be on here in a few minutes. But what, when you think about this, now my dad played when there were 16 major league teams. Think about that, yeah. okay? And so now, granted, back then there were so many minor leaguers that, like, my dad's first uniform number was like, like, like I think it was um, X3. In other words, there was an A a B3, a C3, a D3, and now he's X3, okay? That's his number because they didn't have enough numbers for all the players that had been signed. They had a whole yeah. a whole bunch of a whole extra layers of, uh, of the minor leagues, like they called it uh, B-ball and C-ball and D-ball, uh, which are all gone now. Now we just have, you know, basically rookie and then A, you know, low A, high A, and then double A, triple A. But when you talk about expansion, there's roughly 150 players in each organization from the major leagues down to um, rookie ball, maybe right. a little bit more. And so now you bring in two more teams, that's 300 more jobs. That's 50 more major league jobs. Uh, do you think that that's going to thin the herd out a little bit and make it, you know, where the, the quality of play is going to maybe suffer a little bit because of, you know, maybe this, this guy wouldn't make it when there were 16 teams, like when my dad was playing or, or couldn't make it you know, during our era when um, there was more like 28 teams, you know, so what's your feeling on the on the quality level of baseball once expansion comes? I do believe the quality suffers a little bit, particularly in pitching. You're going to have yeah, that, 20 to 25 pitchers that would not be in the major league otherwise. And let me just go back to the last time there was expansion, the 1998 season. Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks and Tampa Rays came into the major leagues. And guess what else happened that year? You remember 1998, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Yep. And it wasn't I, – I know everyone's going to say, I'm going to get messages on this, Campy, I know. They were on steroids. Well, that wasn't the only reason that McGuire had 70 home runs. A lot of the pitching was guys that would have been in the minor leagues otherwise. And it showed, yep. every time there's been expansion, there's been a huge uptick in hitting and home runs. Every time there's been expansion, all, going all the way back to when the Angels came in in 1961. And the Mets in 1962. So, yeah, there is somewhat of a well. It's funny. Quality. I think well, and I think too the way that they do the expansion draft with the major league players. Uh, you know, they 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 only can protect so so many players in their on their 40 man roster, 
Yeah. So, like, one of, one of my friends, Brett Barbary, got picked in the expansion draft for um, the Marlins, and so did um, uh, Trevor Hoffman. And boom, both those guys from the big league. They were both just sort of like double-A players at, the, at that moment, just like I was. And so I'm watching TV very intently. And I was actually in Puerto Rico watching watching um, Satellite at Roberto, um, Roberto Hernandez's house. Um, and fight, I think we got Norm. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, hey Norm, we were just talking hey, about the stuff. Yeah, Norm, we got Eric and Jim on the line here. How you doing? I'm doing good. And you guys? We're doing great. We were just sort of introing um, sort of what happens when the expansion comes, and we were kind of uh, think, talking back, you know, uh, when, you know, when the Marlins came on. Uh, that was 1998, and, um, and and what we saw was, you know, sort of like this, uh, uh, that was the year of the surge of the home runs where, you know, maybe the, the pitching was a little watered down with those extra you know, 25 pitchers or so that, that were pitching in the big leagues that year for these expansion teams. Uh, and by the way, we already pre-introduced you as, you know, Mr. Portland. I uh, also let everyone know that we, we've both been on your show, uh, shows. That is true. And, um, yep. And then, but I thought, well, you know, you have a unique background in baseball and, and you know, you still uh, have obviously a very much a love for it and, and you still are very involved. Why don't you tell everybody sort of your your background, uh, you know, going back to uh, the minor leagues and everything? Oh, well, I grew up in Kimberly, Idaho, where we didn't have much baseball. In fact, we didn't even have a high school baseball team. I played probably up until maybe maybe the seventh grade, and so, but I've always loved it. I grew up an Atlanta Braves fan because we've got WTBS. Yep. And <laughs> so, um, Dale Murphy. It was my all-time favorite player, uh, besides you, Campy. And, oh, um, you. <laughs> and, and, you know, so growing up, you know, growing up in, in, in southern Idaho, man, we didn't really have a lot of connection to baseball. I mean, we had, like, certain towns, bigger towns would have, like, American Legion. And so fast forward to um, moving to Palm Springs, you know, I would catch the Palm Springs Angels. And so – back in like 88 and 89. So I got really bit by the bug then and hanging out with uh, some of the California angels back then, you know, so Bob Boone was one of them. He had um, Aaron and Brett were hanging out, hanging out the field, Um, Jim Abbott, um, you know, and they're coming in Palm Springs, you know, we'd catch a lot of those guys, you know, we'd catch the Oakland A's with the Bash brothers. And uh, man, it was, it was a great time. Um, and then I started working with the McMinnville Parks and Recreation, help running their program. Um, one day a buddy calls me, uh, tells me that the Lancaster Jethawks are looking for a clubhouse manager. Uh, I gave him a call, applied for it, and I got the job like within a week. And awesome. that's where it all started. And so I've been, man, I've been associated with baseball, like coaching and doing field prep for like 35 years now. So Awesome. And then I host Clubhouse Chatter, which both of you guys have been um, a guest on. And so along with Brian Erickson, Brian Erickson and Tony Torcado, we host uh, Clubhouse Chatter, which we are coming back with some new shows here soon. Beautiful. Well, I thought, you know, being, you know, an Oregon, Oregonian, Organian, what do you guys call yourselves up there? Uh, you know, you call them Oregonians, but I'm Oregonians. There we go. I'm an adopted Oregonian. I don't consider myself an Oregonian, but that's okay. I've been here long enough, so 
yeah, you have, and and you and you drop you drop the rake. What no, the drop drop the drag every Saturday. I love your your Facebook post every Saturday and Sundays. Yep. Yep, getting out there and uh, and and making it happen. And by the way, Eric, uh, when I was on my book, my Northwest book tour, uh, we happened to stop in uh, what city was that? Was that Bend or Kaiser? Kaiser. Okay. Yep. Yep. And uh, and we we met at like a an Outback Steakhouse or something yep. like that. It was just, it was great to just, you know, uh, I had been on a show, but to meet in person, it's always great. By the way, Eric and I met uh, at one of my son's shows in uh, for the first time in in Phoenix, Arizona area, and then we became friends, uh, like, immediately, and uh, so it's just funny how, you know, not, not just Facebook, but baseball, uh, combined with a little social media uh, interaction can uh, can change, your, you know, your, your, your life in many ways, so it's really cool oh, that absolutely. I've had a chance to meet you guys, and and here we are. We're on this little fun little uh, this fun little podcast uh, show. That uh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but I work at a podcast agency now, and it's just funny because I will be dropping a commercial in a little while. Uh, so please forgive me for that because I have to. Okay. Be, yeah, you know, <laughs> hey, uh, can I drop can I drop a little story about that that meeting there in Kaiser with you guys, you and your dad? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So, so my stepson Connor comes along with us and uh your dad when your dad busted out his world series ring and asked connor if he had ever seen one of course being a giants family we've we've seen three of them you know in the last 12 years so so connor's connor's reaction was like yeah i've seen three of them your dad i don't think your dad really knew what to take of it kind of was surprised by that now that and and yeah my dad's ring i think he had the 88 ring on and that's it's still a beautiful the last ring, one any, too, man. Yeah, well, but that's still the last ring. No, no offense, Eric, but that's still the last ring any Dodgers has worn uh, has been since 1988. So uh, you know, that, this, you, this could you, be the year. You know, this could well, be. I know quite it's, the team this year. Yeah, I know the Giants aren't going to probably see that uh, ring this year, but I love Boach, and uh, on his uh, on his final hurrah, hopefully he has a fun season and getting rocking chairs and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got a question, so, Norm. Sure. Yeah. Did you say Tony Torcado is on your show? Tony. Yeah. Tony Torcado. Yeah. Okay. I guess a quick story. The very first game as a PA announcer that I had was in, I think 1998 or nine. And Tony Torcado was the leadoff batter for the Giants playing the Mariners just during spring training. Oh, how just, funny. Uh, and here's the thing. Right before he came up to bat, you know, they bring you food up in the booth. I mm-hmm grabbed a couple of nachos and stuck them in my mouth, and I didn't realize he was ready to get to bat. I had to announce his name, and it came out sounding like something from The Godfather. You know, <laughs> Very first batter I ever announced. I thought I was going to get fired right away, but everybody in the booth so, kind of laughed. Tony's, Tony's a good buddy of mine. He lives he lives uh, not very far from, from me over in Salem. And so we got Tony. So I put together a, uh, a, a co-ed and a men's slow-pitch softball team about six, seven months ago, and Tony's been playing with us. And I'll tell you what, that guy, I mean, even even at 40, he still, like, f- flashes the glove. I mean, you know, you could de- totally tell that he was, like, a former number one draft pick of the Giants back in 97. And, and I mean, the guy can, you know, flat-out play softball at, you know, at 40. So right. it's been kind of fun watching him. Well, to this day, when I run into certain people who work for the Mariners that are still with them, the first thing they'll say is, "Hey, you seen Tony Torcado lately?" It's just something I, I will never, <laughs> I'll never hear the end of. Well, he considers it the greatest press box moment of his career. 
we'll need to meet. We'll need you need to get up to Oregon, and I'll I'll uh, I'll set up a meeting for you. Absolutely, and I'll get his name right finally. <laughs> and and then make sure you don't have any nachos nearby. That, that's probably yeah. a good thing. <laughs> yeah, hey, does, does, does the nachos have jalapenos on them, though? <laughs> they did. <laughs> add, add a boy. Add a boy. All right. <laughs> well, you know, we were talking the uh, the, the topic. We're, we're we're doing this show, Norm, where we're kind of like, you know, we have a little bit of what you would call like, you know, um, like a little bit of a baseball update that we talk about just briefly and. We've had some guests, I mean, some people, I should say, not guests, but um, listeners who, you know, reached out to us and asked us questions or made comments on uh, some of the things we've been talking about, which is great. That's how, you know, we get interaction with our, our friends and listeners. And I think, you know, with this, with this, um, you know, some of the more relevant stories that have come out of, you know, here we are in 2019, you know, expansion, which you know, we've heard about this for a few years. But one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is, our, by the way, you're our first guest ever on the show. Uh, oh, we, thank we you. Thought, we thought this would be kind of interesting and right up your alley because you are Mr. Orgonian. Uh, or, yeah, that's right. Okay. Orgonian, close and as, enough. Close enough. And as and as such, uh, I think you have your ear to the ground on what is happening up there in, in relation to trying to get, you know, a Major League Baseball team, expansion team in Portland, um, I do know that, you know, Portland right now is sort of held under, you know, Seattle, Oakland, and the Giants consider that their yep. territory, their turf. Um, yeah, I do see that as territory. a potential threat. Yeah, do you see that? Do, are you hearing that as a potential threat where they could try to box out the uh, the, the, the group that's trying to you know, put the team together there? Oh, absolutely. I You know, I'm not really necessarily worried about the Giants and the A's, even though the Giants have a pretty good stronghold on, like, Southern Oregon. And so it, it's crazy. So my wife works for a, a winery, and their vineyard is down in Ashland, which is – or Grants Pass, which is maybe like an hour from the California border. And it's like Giants fans everywhere. It's awesome on the stranglehold that the Giants down. So, But I, I look at the Mariners possibly um, – you know, putting a lockdown on this territory unless they work out some sort of a deal. Yeah, well, I, Eric actually made a comment earlier from some research he pulled that uh, because of the expansion, um, you know, fees that that they have to pay the league, which are mm-hmm. divvied amongst the teams, that each team would get six hundred thirty-three million. Like, is that enough for the Mariners just to say, yeah, okay, we'll let them in? Because I gotta believe that, you know, like a uh, you know the people in Oregon and then also let's say people who live maybe in, in the South, the, the South, you know, uh, parts of Washington state, you know, could convert to this, to the, to the Portland team. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, you know, that's a lot of money. Um, I, I, the group, the group with the Portland diamond project. And so anybody can go to their website, portlanddiamondproject.com. Um, Craig Cheek, uh, former Nike guy, along with Mike Barrett, former Portland Trailblazer guy, um, is heading that up along with Russell Wilson. You know, out of all the groups in the last 30 years that Major League Baseball has been talked about here in the Portland area, this is the most legit group that I've seen yeah. yet. It is it is very well put together. put together. They have, like, some investors that they haven't named yet that are big time investors. And so I'm hearing um, New York city attorneys 
um, who are involved with that. And so I, I don't know any names. But, you know, if, you know, if it's going to work, they're going to make it work. It's, it'll, it'll happen. Uh, I, Norm, I think it's inevitable that Portland will be one of the teams for this It expansion. should be. I, and I think the Mariners, maybe they object right now. Maybe they're talking about it's their territory. But I've done a lot of research on attendance this year. And we talked about it, I think, last week. I think 12 major league teams are way down in attendance. Seattle Mariners right. are not one of them. The Mariners continue to sell out no matter how they're performing. They're playing well this year. They're going to continue to sell out, even if there's a team of Portland. People in Seattle love their baseball, period. Yep. And, you know, and you know, there's a lot of people that live in this area that do go to Mariner games. Um, but, you know, in the end, I, you know, especially if you put them in the same division and same league, that's and what I was thinking. Make them a rivalry. God, that that rivalry is going to be amazing. Exactly. Well, what about Vancouver? If 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 that because that's another one of the towns, the uh, cities that that's on the list. Wouldn't that be even more of a conflict for Seattle? I you know I would think. I mean, yeah. You know, absolutely. Even though it's Canada, you know, I would think it'd be more of a, um, you know, a deal for Seattle to not want them to go there. Well, I mean, you think about it like, you know, you know, like merchandise, you know, the teams, the teams merchandise, you know, there's so much money in the licensing of that and so much money for the teams where, you know, now you've got this new interesting logo that no one's seen before and it's nearby. And, uh, you know what, I'm a Seattle guy. I've been you know, born and raised in Seattle, but I'm sick of them. I, I think I'm going to convert <laughs> to, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to convert to a Mountie. I think that they were going to call the, the Vancouver Mounties or something. I mean, to me, that seems like a, a more actual potential threat than Portland might pr- pr- uh, you know, uh, pose to Seattle. To Seattle. Absolutely. Yeah, it is no, I, I agree with you. You know, I mean, what, Vancouver is what, maybe maybe three hours, two hours from Seattle maybe? Yeah, that's two hours. Right. And yeah. So, you know, we're, we're four, four and a half, Portland is. And so, yeah. Um, well, look yeah, at all you know, the teams you, that are clustered in the in the in the Northeast. I mean, there's like mm-hmm. I, I was in New York City uh, last week, and I'm like, oh, it's 35 minutes to, to Baltimore or, so, or something ridiculous, or Philadelphia, I think. It's like it's like the right. towns are so close there; they're all bundled together. So my I think that that argument is kind of lame, quite honestly, because it, it's already happened. It already happens all over the you know the old parks and the old you know uh, yeah you know. That that's been been around for hundreds of years, you know. I mean, so do you see any other threats um, from any of the other cities that you think could beat out? And then, and then, Eric, why don't you name off those cities that we were talking about earlier that are kind yeah, of in, me, in the running here? Let me get my list up here. Uh, it is Portland, uh, Montreal, Nashville, Las Vegas, Vancouver. So it's those those cities right there, and. Everything I've read, all the research I've done shows Portland and Montreal is far and away being the two leading cities right now to get expansion teams. The yeah, they talked about Mexico guys. City. Well, they talked about Mexico yeah. City too, but Mexico City's the players are not going to vote that in. A because and you can't Durham, take your Raleigh family Durham there. Has been talked about as well. So yeah, in yeah. North Carolina. So you know, my my um, comment on that was, I mean, number one, you know, let's let's put a franchise back in Montreal. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and I, I mean, too. you know, Montreal deserves a franchise. You know, it should have never, you know, moved in the first place. 
Um, and then, you know, all those other cities, I mean, they've got, you know, they've got legit claims as well. And, you know, you know, man, can you imagine Vegas having, having a team? Well, but you know what, one of the, one of the arguments is that, you know, Vegas is not like a residential. I mean, there's only 700. I mean, I say only because I live in a town of, you know, 21 million, but you know, there's, there's 775,000 permanent residents. And I, I just saw this stat today when I was uh, prepping for the show. And you think about like, can they sustain the, the Golden Knights and also the Raiders and also a baseball team? You know, that those 775 true. every, you know, cause, or you're going to have to rely on um, tourism. And obviously Vegas has, has got a lot of that, but are you going to go to a ball game? Or are you going to go to the go to the tables or go to a show, you know, or, or go to a dispensary or whatever, whatever Vegas right. has to offer? Um, can baseball compete in Vegas? What do you think? You know, you know, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not down in Vegas enough, but you know, with the Raiders moving, yeah, it's what three major, uh, franchises now. So, um, if that happens, you know, Portland, if Portland, you know, gets their baseball team, um, you know what you got the Portland Timbers, the Blazers, and then, you know, the Mavericks slash Beavers. Uh, so, well, one of the benefits know, of Portland is that you also have, so, you know, in, I, I, as I told you before, I'm in, I'm in advertising. Um, we use rating systems that are built um, by like Nielsen ratings. Right. And then, the way they define these ratings is they call them designated market areas. And that's basically where you can pick up a TV station that's, that's being originated from like, like Portland, for example. Okay. And the, that, that's one number, but then there's also the surrounding uh, areas around that DMA. All right. So, so like the Los Angeles DMA does not include, for example, even though you can get it on your TV set, um, it doesn't include like the uh, Inland Empire area, areas um of of like San Bernardino and Riverside those are are not rated um and I don't want to get conf- too confusing but this all comes down to ad revenue and ad mm-hmm. revenue is what is what is needed so based on the research that I did from like my advertising minds uh point of view Portland has the best shot of driving the best ratings and therefore the the sponsor interest than all those other markets uh because of the fact that there's really not another big city of their of that caliber in the whole state, is that right. is that what that so? Oh, uh, and, absolutely. And, and I think and I think too, like um, uh, you know, when you look at the Canadian teams, yeah, I think Montreal has the best shot. Uh, I don't think Vancouver does, um, for that reason as well. Like they just don't have the market, but Montreal does. Montreal has that right. sort of surrounding areas. Um, Eric, I know you did a, did some other research. Did you have some stuff you wanted to throw at uh, at Norm? Uh, actually, we've pretty much covered it, although I want to talk about, let's talk about what happens if there is expansion, and let's assume it's Portland and Montreal. What's going to happen with realignment? How is that going to work out? Well, <laughs> I just read again today, and, oh, I get angry just thinking about it. Eight, <laughs> eight, four-team divisions. Eight, four-team divisions. Uh, is this Major League Baseball or the NBA? And right. you're going to have half of all the major league teams making it to the postseason. Come on, man. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. I don't think half of them should be making it. You know, well, that's how it is in the and, NBA. And, and that, you know, and that goes, you know, back to, you know, the days when, 
when senior was playing, you know, I mean, they what had the American league and the national league and they had eight teams. And so right. their base the world series was the playoff. Right. And so there was no wild card. There was no second place. You either won your league or you just didn't go. I kind of like that. Yeah, well, like. Norm, Norm, what's going to happen if they do realign and you get your team in Portland? Oh, and guess who? Guess who you got to beat now every year? Your beloved Giants. Now, how do you handle that as a fan? You know, I'll cross that bridge when it comes. And, you know, I are mean, you gonna are you gonna get a split uniform? Are you gonna get one of those split uniforms with like Portland on one side and the Giants on the other side? <laughs> it depends on who I'm hanging out with that night, you know. Okay. And so I, you know, I, I really, ah, man, I really hope Portland gets a team, and I think they're headed in the right direction. I really, you guys do. know, group, you guys know what what the thinking though, that what the what the rationale is for for the realignment. It's for travel, and it's also to be more right player friendly and you know you feel sorry for those seattle guys because you know when they make a trip you know their shortest trip is going to be you know let's say the bay area to play oakland and that's still like a four hour three hour four hour trip um compared to you know like you know the dodgers they bust to san diego and i mean they play anaheim and i mean there's there's some short trips for them now arizona is an hour flight you know that that's a pretty easy uh, location, but imagine you know, like you're St. Louis, and you're you're two hours from everybody, like or an hour, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a really, and so there's a lot of talk about like why a lot of the older free agents try to pick teams in the Midwest because their bodies are a little older and and the recovery's tougher, and therefore you know a Nelson Cruz. That's gonna, one of the reasons he signed gonna, with the Twins, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. For him to go to Minnesota, well, now he doesn't have to deal with that Seattle stuff. So. Do you think that 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 there's? I mean, do you understand that rationale and as, as like logistics, logistically? Um, but you're still against it as a fan. Is that what you're kind of thinking? You know, I'm I'm open to any. As a fan, I'm open to anything. You know, I mean, there is kind of some excitement to think that the Giants, A's, Mariners, and the Mavericks, Angels, Beavers, yeah. whatever. You know, those four teams. You know, but then what do you do with the Angels? You know, right. I mean, right. But you know, the A's, Giants, the Mavericks slash Beavers, and the Mariners in the same division. Okay, that I kind of like that. You know, yeah, you're not, that's, you know, I don't think two necessarily two teams from that division should, you know, from a fourteen division should make the playoffs. You know, division winner and maybe a wild card. But, well, see, that's one of the proposals is there's going to be less regular season games and an additional round or two of the postseason games, and that's why they're talking about, well, two teams for every division have to be there so we have enough competitors for the postseason. That's crazy. So what are they talking, 154 games? Yeah, 148 to 154, yeah. Okay, okay. I, You know, I could I could roll with that a little bit. You know? I, I, mean, I have a concern, like, about the record books, though. Like, uh, I was the just thinking that, that too. The records yeah. that are set with 162 games, you know, how do you do you have to put an asterisk next to every one of those records now because they played well, 62 games, 162, not 154. But what did they do with all the records that were played in 154 games when they switched to 162 game schedule? Right. Well, and that's when you start thinking like you know? Babe Ruth's numbers were stupid because you know they they, they they he played eight less games and you know right. 
it took it took until the seventies to beat his records uh, for overall. You, you know, know uh, yeah. you look at DiMaggio's record. I mean, that thing possibly will never be touched. Yeah. So. Well, I agree with you on that for sure. So at the end of the day, Norm, you're, what you're thinking is it is it going to happen? Um, and and if it does, what year do you think that this would let's say be approved? And then what year would the first expansion games oh, uh, or, or 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 be starting to play? Do you think it's sooner or later? It, I think it's I think it's a little later. Okay. Um, I still think you know, you know, I mean, they got proper. They they have a spot where they're looking at building a ballpark, and from what I'm understanding is that they need to they need to put some money down on it and they haven't done that yet so they might be looking for another spot um you know i my gut tells me maybe another five years maybe okay that much okay you know oh, and, yeah, I think you so know too. i wouldn't five years. i wouldn't necessarily i wouldn't and i wouldn't necessarily look for an expansion team you know maybe the rays or the a's uh, I, I I like the A's. I think the Portland A's has a good ring to it. Um, but you know we'll see. I mean having a, having a team of your own, you know, expansion team would be kind of nice too. And so have you guys have you guys been on the Portland Diamond Projects website yet? I have no. not. Yeah, go go to it and take a look at the uh, the artist rendition. You know the the drawings of the stadium. It's a pretty sweet looking stadium. It'll see about. Is it, in a, is it in a suburban area or is it in the city? It is in the city, right on the river. So oh, it's, wow. it's like it's yeah. So it's like um, it's it's a former shipyard, and so yeah, it's like right around right along the river, not too far from the old Vaughn Street ballpark where the old Portland Beavers played back in like the forties and fifties. So what would their slogan be? Um, it, let's just say they're the Beavers. Is it is it or or is it like the Portland Beavers? Keep it weird, keeping it weird. <laughs> I you know honestly honestly I I hope to give the nod to the Mavericks. I okay. really do. You know, go with that old battered bastards of baseball. Yeah. You know, Portland Mavericks, and I you know over the years I've gotten to be friends with some of those guys and and I I just think I I think it would really mean a lot to the Portland and you know the Portland Beavers isn't bad because there's a history there as well but I really like the Portland Mavericks. I would go with Mavericks. I do too and I I I mean I think we've all have we all seen that 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 documentary with uh it's actually Kurt Russell's uh yeah Bing Russell his dad yeah 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 his uh yeah, and you know, his, it actually was being it was um, Matt Franco, who was a former major league player. You know, is yep. the nephew of Kurt Russell, and it was yep. um, it was Matt Franco's cousins from the the sister uh, of the, Kurt, the, the other sister. Brothers, yes. Yeah, and they're the ones that did that documentary, and I thought it was very not just well written, and uh, it was very well produced. The interviews were spot on. I thought that it, the the thing flowed very well. Uh, and I actually asked my dad about that. I said, Dad, that's about the time you were, like, kind of coming out of baseball and, and decided to stop at some point uh, while that team was still going. Did you ever have thoughts about maybe, you know, sticking it out for another year and, and trying to get back? And he said, you know, they actually I, – I got contacted by them to play. 
And at that point, I'd already just said I already had shut it down, and I didn't I didn't want to keep going. But it's just funny. I didn't know that until I asked him if he'd ever seen that that documentary. He's like, I haven't seen it yet, but I almost played for him. So I thought that was kind so, of funny, you know. So here's one for you. So Tony Torcado's dad, Dale Torcado, was in the the Padres organization during that time and played up in Walla Walla. So Tony's dad, uh, Dale, actually played against the Portland Mavericks. Oh, wow. Cool. Interesting. So, yeah, that that whole battered bastards of baseball. I mean, you know, as a baseball fan, I feel like I, I got screwed because I never got to witness a Portland Mavericks game. But that was a time to where, you know, my dad was in the military and we're overseas. And, right. And so I, I never even heard of the Portland Mavericks until this, this you know, pops up. And so and um, I've gotten to be be pretty good friends with Frank Peters, who who was a manager of for a couple of those years. And, you know, and that team, they, they had it, you know, they had a great ball club, but all these you know, other organizations, the major league organizations would stack, stack their teams when they got to the playoffs because they couldn't have an independent league, independent team winning the whole dang thing. Right. And especially in organized baseball. And Jim, you probably, you know, probably know a lot about, you know, the, the whole the way that they're stacked. I mean, playoffs for like, you know, high A and, and stuff like that. You know, they'll send a guy down from double A you know, to help out with a, with a high A team occasionally. Yeah, yep. the Dodgers are famous for that, and we lost to them in the uh, California League because they brought all their pitching studs from the Florida State League over to face us in the playoffs. We had never seen, we hadn't seen them all year. Um, yep. And so it was like uh, over before it started when, like, and a couple of these guys, uh, they, they got their, they got up to play a little bit in the big leagues and were nasty. Uh, but, you know, you get to see a guy, you know, maybe, you know, a few at-bats a year, maybe five, ten at-bats a year. At least you have a chance when it comes to the playoffs. You come in just never seeing a guy, and, and he's throwing sinkers that are falling off the table. And uh, that was a tough uh, that was a tough run for us, by the way. But my, one of my favorites of that, real quick, on that Mavericks um, uh, documentary was the left-handed catcher. I love that, oh, that funny. guy. I forgot about that. That funny, was yeah. so awesome. Yeah, and so you think about it. You know, never seeing a left-handed catcher. The only time you ever see a left-handed catcher is when they make a mistake making the batting, the baseball card, and they they do the negative. You know, where he's he's actually a righty, <laughs> but they he shows up as a lefty. You know, so it was really cool uh, to hear that guy. Uh, and I can't remember his name, but it was just Jim awesome Swanson. To, uh, okay, okay. Uh, I, I and again, he I, he had that cat that catcher, the character of a catcher. You know, and I thought that that was another fun piece as a former catcher as well. So. So, uh, well, I'll tell you what. Mavericks, those old Mavericks, they're they're a hoot. So they'll be having a Portland Mavericks night over at Hillsboro Hops with the Hillsboro Hops, and Hillsboro will wear the old Streetwalker red Mavericks uniforms. And so they'll set up shop. Frank will set up shop, set up his pictures and stuff. And you know, I, those guys, they're they are a hoot. Swanee, like I said, left-handed catcher. He lives up in Washington, and you know he's he's owned a couple of bars up in there, up around Seattle where the Mariners play and stuff. And so you know you look at what's come out of the the Mavericks, though. I mean, you've got you know Big League Chew. Yeah, out of right. there with with yeah with Rob Jim Nelson Bowden. and Jim Boone. Yep, Bowden. Yeah. So one of the greatest things as kids growing up, you know, chewing Big League Chew, came out of Portland Mavericks. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. And and and, uh, it, and it is still a big thing to this day, by the way. I, I wonder if they sold the company or if they're still running it. But that's, Yeah, uh, it's been sold. I, I run into Rob Nelson every once in a while up in Portland area when I'm doing some baseball stuff up there. And, you know, I'll end up bringing home, you know, a dozen pouches. He'll, he'll snag me some. But nice. it's kind of nice. And so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they put a girl on on one of their one of their packages for the first time here not too long ago. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. 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 Hey, while we're still before we leave the topic of expansion, one other very touchy point with me. I read today that when this happens, there's expansion realignments. The National League gets the designated hitter. Uh, I'm adamantly no. opposed to this, uh, and no. I know Campy, Campy, you're in favor of it. Now, when I played, I am. Campy, when I played, we had a doubleheader. I played both ends, in the field, and I batted. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the guy who played the DH second game was lazy. You know, you're going to play 10 minutes. You can sit on the bench and come and bat three or four times. I am. I like the National League having pitchers hit. I like the yep. strategy involved, pinch hitters, things of that nature. But apparently it's inevitable it's going to happen that they'll get the designated hitter throughout Major League Baseball. I hate it. I hate it. So you, you can easily tell that Campy is an American League guy, right? Yeah. Well, and the other, I'm a hitter. I'm a hitter, and just what you described, I would catch game one of a doubleheader, and then I'd DH game two of, of that of that doubleheader, and but, but I got why, my why, eight. Why, why didn't you catch the first game and play first base the second game and give your first baseman a day off? Because I just caught nine damn innings, man. I, I don't. I want to relax for a little bit, you know. And well, you're, you're, and hit. <laughs> you're a strong guy. You know, you know, you gotta play both ends. Play both ends just, of the doubleheader. I never miss playing both ends of the doubleheader. I, I first can't base. imagine the 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 designated hitter in the National League though. That's not. I I don't like that. You know, I gotta watch Madison Bumgarner hit. You know, yeah. I, and and the other pitchers who can hit as well. He's not that the only one. There's a yeah, great. Cranky's one of them. There's a couple of guys, you know. Kershaw can hit a little bit as well. That's right. And well, so, what about the guys? What about the guys who who look like they can't even golf when they go up there and hit? You know, like like that just to me is a waste of time. It, I, I I get up and go to the bathroom when those hit guys come up because it's like it's like with strike one, strike two, strike. And some of those guys like they're they're told, dude, just don't even swing, just stand there. And they do. Do you remember, strike one, strike do you two, remember the king? You're, you're Southern California guy. Do you remember the king in the court? Of course, yeah. I do, yeah. There, there you go, you know. There you go, you know. Have your four your four fielders have a seat in a lawn chair while you strike this guy out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, last night. Norm, Norm last... I'm actually playing. I'm playing fast pitch softball now, and it's still live. I man. see some that. Of those guys, some of those guys. I, I've actually never done this in baseball. I had two at-bats in a row against the same guy, and I struck out on three straight swings and misses. Strike one, strike two, strike three, strike one, strike two, strike three. And 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 I was actually, like, not even mad because the, it was, the ball was invisible, the, the, the pitches that these guys throw. <laughs> it's it's and, a different uh, let, beast, isn't it? Last night I hit, a, I hit a, a, a little flubber right back to the pitcher, and I'm not exaggerating. It was off the, the lizard skin. I got that jammed. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm still, but I'll tell you what, I have the utmost respect now for, and now the NCAA girls, you know, I, I didn't realize how hard it is. Um, so I'm real interested. I'm actually going to watch uh, the regionals. And um, one of my, uh, one of the, the gals that I've, I've trained her brother and I got to, I got to train her. She's, her name's Taylor McQuillan. She's the pitcher at um, 
University of Arizona. She just got drafted in the first round by the Women's uh, Professional Softball League and will be playing, I believe it's in Memphis. Um, oh, nice. But, uh, but I'll tell you that that, 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 that sport um, is, is uh, by the way, the other reason I like it is an hour-and-a-half game and it's timed yep. and it's on a little league field and I don't have to run very far. Uh, and that works out really, really well. And I swing a 26 ounce bat, but um, and it's it's a girl's bat because they don't make they don't make fast pitch bats right. for guys. So it's pretty. As, it's white and it's got teal and purple. It's it's, it's adorable. My bat, you know. As so, a umpire, um, <laughs> fast pitch games are are the best because you get basically you get the same pay at the high school level for umpiring a baseball game, and you, you're done usually in an hour if you're doing right. that like the gold levels. And so my my story with with the softball, you know, if if you think you could hit off the, you know, off of a girl or even a guy, and fast pitch softball, you know, go ahead, step in the box, take a right. couple of cuts, and I'll tell you what, your eyes will be open because I I worked with two sisters. One went to Bradley University, and her sister was a was a senior over here at North Salem High School, and I worked with them for a couple of summers, and so I had a buddy who was all hot and bothered, you know, bragging about how he can hit off of him. Of course, I'm the one that got stuck in the batter's box. So sister <laughs> one, Bradley University girl, mows me down in three straight pitches. Like you said, I can't even see the damn thing. Yep. Sister two comes up, high school senior comes up, gets me on four. I was able to get a foul off, but, I mean, she threw a couple of rise balls that, well, it just – had me out of my shoes. I mean, it, yeah. it, the movement is unbelievable. Uh, it's a moral victory when you foul one off sometimes. By the it, way, it one is. Of the guys, totally. One, one of the guys that I faced, um, they had a radar gun, and he was hitting uh, like 72, and he and then the guys, are, they don't have to keep their foot on the rubber. They jump, and, mm-hmm. and he was they, they, they were telling me he releases it from 38 feet. So I did a little algebra, you know, against 55 feet where the pitcher is let, letting go of the ball, a major league pitcher. And the reaction time is similar to 103 miles an hour when when these guys throw in like 71, 72. Uh, and and that's faster. How many guys do you face that can throw that hard when you're a plane? Zero, because nobody threw. I mean, by the way, that's another that's a show for another uh, a, a topic for a whole other show is the radar gun and uh, and I I, I want to set the record straight because I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat this because frequency is king, um, but. Remember that they're using a triangulated laser right at the release point now, and back right. in the day, it's where, it's wherever the the scout pointed the thing, you know. And usually they would point the the radar gun toward home plate, and so they catch it at the decay at the slowest point. So a guy throwing let's say ninety two was really like throwing about ninety six, and everybody throws ninety six now. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I believe that that's uh, uh, very re- uh, what I would call um, relevant. To this talk about everyone throws 95 now because they, they, you know, and Johnny D, Johnny D'Aquisto said something about that too, has has mentioned that a couple of different times because, you know, he was like, I mean, fastball John, I mean, right, that's you know, right. He never heard of him having a hundred mile an hour fastball because it was all Nolan Ryan at that time, but you know, if it was all done properly, you know, Johnny D, man, he 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 touched a hundred a couple of different times. Yeah, Johnny D's right. a good friend of mine, actually, Campy. I'd like to ask you. I'm sure he'll be on the show with us. Yo, I'd love oh, to have love him to. on. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I have uh, this is where I have a, this is where I have to be the advertising guy because we do have a show sponsor. They're called Mac Weldon. I don't know what kind of underwear you guys are wearing if you're wearing any at all today, 
but I seriously suggest that you consider a Mac Weldon, which is available at MacWeldon.com. I have like uh, set up my whole underwear drawer and sock drawer with Mac Weldon gear, and it is the most comfortable stuff. They even gave me a promo code, by the way, which is Campy20. So if you make your first order and you put Campy20, C-A-M-P-Y, two zero Campy20 in the promo code box, Mac Weldon will hook you up with a 20% discount and uh, free shipping when you reach the $50 uh, threshold, which is which is um, you know a couple pair of underwear and a and a maybe three pair of underwear and, and a pair of socks. Um, so anyway, I t- just highly recommend you guys check out MacWeldon.com and the listeners out there. Um, and go ahead and get that promo code before it expires, and that's Campy20. Thank you for the uh, commercial break there. Um, Norb, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we sort of wrap it up here? Hey, you know, let's do this again soon. So let's this do is, what? This is fun. Let's do this again soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and by the way, we're uh, Eric and I, we have um, – we, what we plan on doing is, you know, uh, we record on Thursdays on my commute home from – from work and then um, we push the shows out uh, and right now we're looking at uh, 35 shows for the balance of the year and we'd love to have you back on again and I'd love to hear you know some topics you and I can connect and, and let us know of some topics you'd like to talk about um, we're going to have a show about the draft for example coming up I actually have mm-hmm. a show coming up with um, coach Michael Lesby we had a surprise birthday party for him last weekend and I asked him if he would come on and tell us you know, his experiences as a college coach recruiting uh, in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and then what, it, what it's like. He just retired last year and what it was like, you know, recru- uh, recruiting in the new sort of NCAA, oh, you know, communistic uh, landscape that is now taken over <laughs> once again. Uh, so it's going to be fun. We're, we have, uh, I have some uh, you know, big, big, great friends that are willing to come on and former players and, and people who have been in the game like yourself. You know, with the way Eric and I look at it, you know, we feel like we're insiders and have sort of this, you know, uh, mm-hmm. knowledge that we like to share with the with the public and love having guests like you on, uh, Norm, because you come from the inside and you've been around the game, you've been around the players, you've been on uh, in and around uh, the game and, and have stuck with it and, and still continue to, um, you know, it's your passion and it, obviously it's very obvious Absolutely. that it is. so. So, Eric, do you have anything else you want to talk to Norm about before we uh, we sort of close this thing up? No, I just got one more comment because I don't want to leave the DH thing alone, Kathy, for a second. Oh, <laughs> last all right. Night, last night's Dodgers-Padres game. Dodgers win two to nothing. Kenta Maeda strikes out 12 Padres and goes two for two with the only two RBIs in the game, the pitcher. Bingo. How many times did he strike the pitcher out in the Padres? <laughs> that's, that's my argument. I can't remember. <laughs> he faced hey, a bunch of pinch hitters. So one last thing before I take off. Hey, we got a big Pac-12 series coming up this weekend up there at Stanford, Oregon State coming to town. Uh-oh. I have uh, I have one of my uh, former players, one of the guys that I train. He's a freshman. He's probably not going to get any of the games, but he's had a chance to play at Stanford. Uh, well, you know, play a little bit up there. But um, I'm sorry, but I might have to just pull for the kid. Uh, you know, I, his, his mom and I went to high school, and, and I trained him a little bit. So uh, I, I, and I hate saying that I want to pull for Stanford because that's hard hey, to say. Nothing but, uh, wrong with that. It. Stanford, Stanford. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Stanford is tough this year. Oregon State's not bad, but well, they're they're Stanford both ranked in the just, top ten, aren't they? I think, they, I think Stanford's I, well, I three. Think and, what, I think there's like four teams because I know yeah. UCLA was number one for quite a while, 
and then Stanford was two or three, and then Oregon State for a while was like five, and then Arizona yep, State was in there now. as well. And I think so, Oregon, I think Oregon State's a ten now, and and yeah, the Sun Devils, Eric's former uh, school, um, they've been hanging in there pretty tough this year as well. Yeah, the, they are. The Pac-12 was good this year. The Pac-12 yep. was really good this year, and so I I'm going. You know, ah oh, man, I hate to say it, but. I, I think Stanford wins two of three. So now, where where does that where so that is that going to determine where like uh, seeds are going to be for the regionals? Then is that is that where we're at now at this point in the? In the I, I'm I a little believe, bit out of it. Yeah, I believe so. Um, I'm pulling it up here, but yeah, I I think uh, I think you got Stanford is number one, um, then. Oregon State's like not UCLA is up there though too. So yeah, let's see, let's see what we got. So we've got we've got UCLA and Stanford tied. Oh, UCLA, Oregon State, and Stanford tied at nineteen and five. Okay. So it will Oregon State will. I mean, this series in Stanford will be huge for that that top three, and then Arizona State and Cal's tied for fourth at fourteen and ten. Interesting. Love it when they're all bunched up like that. That means that there's a there, there's a there's not you know there's a there's like a uh, the parody's tight, which is which is great, which is what you yeah. like to see you yep. versus uh, some of the other sports that we have. Um, I, I think basketball is one that you know right now is in a place where you know there's just the obvious teams that are are you know going to be in the finals, um, and then the teams that have no chance to start the season. Uh, and I love it when the leagues get so tight that, you know, and this happened in baseball. I remember we were talking about this a few years ago where, like, most of the teams were bunched up around 500, and then the, there was, like, one or two teams that were in the higher 500, like the 580, you know, mm-hmm. uh, win percentage. And then in the last teams were in, like, the 540s. or the. I mean, so that's a that's a great competitive year when it's like that versus, like, what we saw with the Orioles last year. Uh, and, again, that's a whole other topic for a whole other show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you, Norm, we will definitely keep you on. Like I said, we got a lot of work ahead of us, uh, Eric and I, in putting some uh, uh, shows together. Love to have you on. Uh, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. And uh, we, and if, if Eric and I have any voting um, rights, which we don't, but if we ever do get them, we'll vote for Portland, and uh, we'll make sure that uh, you you're, uh, get recognition for our votes. Is that, is that sound fair? <laughs> Well, we appreciate that, and uh, yeah, we, you know, if that ever happens, we'd love to have you guys up here for a game. All right. Well, if yeah, we, we'll hook, if we, if, if we get you guys hooked up, we expect to be in the suites. You understand, right? That night. Okay. Hey, I, I, I hear that. I, I hopefully we'll be in that suite as well. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks well, again, thank- Norm. I- Thank you, Norm. I, I think we're gonna. Um, and uh, if you'd like to hang on, so we're we're just gonna close up the show. Or you can hang, uh, hang. Uh, you can you can uh, check out. That's fine. But uh, once again, we really want to thank you for joining, uh, driving them in uh, today. And uh, again, best of luck. Can you tell everybody where they can uh, catch your shows and where they can catch or connect with you? Yeah, you can catch us. So we're on Facebook, all your social media outlets, Twitter, stuff like that. Uh, we haven't done a show in a while. We've been kind of hiatus and just kind of trying to figure some things out a little bit. But um, I, I guarantee you, we are coming back and with great guests like Eric and Campy. Uh, you know, we got to have Campy on talk music as always. That's and, right. Uh, That's right. You know, so uh, we had you on the day, the day that Prince died. I remember that. 
That was, what, that what was, was kind that? of a tough show when Prince passed away. Oh, I remember that's listening. Right. Yeah. yeah, I listened to that show that day. You guys, yeah, were great. yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was kind of a tough one. And so, but yeah, we'll be back. Uh, you can catch us like us on on Facebook Clubhouse Chatter. Um, we'll we'll uh, be posting soon. Cool, and All we'll right, let thanks, you know. Uh, we'll let you know, Norm. Uh, we'll get you the link to the show so you can uh, share with your people. And then anytime we can help you guys help promote your show. Um, we are more than happy to do it. So um, we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, uh, be letting the public know here once we get this thing uploaded. Perfect. That sounds good. Hey, guys, thank you very much. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, Norm. All right. All right, Aaron, hey, that was fun. That was yeah, great. Yeah, it was. That's awesome. Yeah. Norm's a great guy. Great guy. Hey, our, uh, don't forget our first Jeffy. guest. Our first yeah, guest. That's right. I feel, I feel like I just got deflowered in a way. It was cool. In a, cool, in a good way, though. <laughs> I'm glad he brought up John DiAquisto, though, because Johnny and I have been friends for years. We, we sat together in the booth in the Arizona Fall League, and he would be a great guest to talk about pitching and the radar guns. So I'll get, well, a, and I'll you know what? get a hold of John. That's one of the topics that's on our list, our little secret list of uh, upcoming shows, and we're trying to strategically right. place them. Uh, you know, for example, the upcoming uh, draft, you know, um, we we're going right. to want to try to get on a couple of my friends um, that – for example, and he doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to reach out to Mark Merchant, who was the number two pick after Griffey in the 1987 draft. And unfortunately, uh, injuries led to um, him not getting to to the same levels and heights. Uh, and, and then actually, I, I hit a ground ball uh, to short. I hit it pretty well, um, but, but Merch was fast, and he went in to break it up, and he broke his ankle. Uh, oh, and he man. always remind he he reminds me that I hit that ball all the time and I feel guilty but I mean I know I really shouldn't because I just I didn't mean it to that obviously but yeah. but I feel terrible because he's a he's such a good friend and he was my roommate at the time and um you know it just but he would be a great guest to come on and also talk about you know what it's like for these young guys as they're um, getting ready to sit sit in front of the TV and see if their name gets called you know to be a a, a high draft pick like he was. Right. Uh, the funny thing is, is his pick will probably get you know six, seven million, and you know he might have got 150, which is actually more than Griffey got. So uh, he he was that's the kind of uh, those are the kind of shows that um, you know you and I you know, I think we're going to have a lot of fun um, you know with with these guests and and the topics in the future here. So looking forward to uh, blowing up, driving them in. You have any final oh, words don't there? Forget the, uh, yeah, don't forget to give our listeners the email where they can reach us. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so guys, one of the things that's cool is that we definitely want to hear your input. So, uh, send us an email with questions, comments. You can you can call Eric whatever you want on the on the emails. That's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, it's real simple. The name of the show is Driving Um In, and Um is like the short version of them, right? So Driving E M I N Driving M In at Yahoo.com. Driving Them In at Yahoo.com. Send us your comments, concerns, uh, congratulations, um, you know, whatever you want to, whatever you want to talk about. Um, even let us know if you have ideas for uh, shows that we should do. Yeah, yeah, suggestions uh, for us. Yeah, Eric and I are going to open up our Rolodexes. I guess we would call them our um, cell phones now, and um, we're going to call our friends that are relevant to the topics. And I think that'll make for an enjoyable show, um, just like we had with Norm here. So, again, special thanks to Norm Ordaz uh, for coming on, Clubhouse Clutter, and along with some other shows that he's uh, on. You can catch them around, as he mentioned. And, uh, Eric, why don't you let people know where they can find you? 
Hey, guys, uh, just like Norm, I'm on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter, it's Dr. DR of Baseball. And uh, that's where I've been getting messages. People have been sharing from my Twitter, sending me private messages. So we have the email now. Send them there. Or if you want to blow up my Twitter and continue to do that's fine, too. Just, just let us know <laughs> what you think. Any comments, any what? questions, any names you and want we to have... call me. And believe me, I've heard them all. There you go. And we've had international, some international listeners, which is exciting. And, um, and by the way, Mac Weldon said we sold four uh, orders le- from last week's show, which is exciting. Uh, so right. it's, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we're actually considered um, one of their top uh, performers for advertising. How cool is that? But uh, right. not not a lot of scale, but for you know we're, we're still uh, we're hanging in there. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, for me, um, you can catch me at um, on Facebook. I'm primarily there, although I do have my Facebook feed going to Twitter. Um, just so you can check me out. It's at Jim Campanis on Twitter uh, and uh, Instagram as well. Um, certainly, you can also uh, check out my number one selling best uh, my number one my, my best selling number one book uh, from Amazon. Sorry to spit that out. Uh, it's on bornintobaseball.com, and you can also check it out on Amazon, of course, and wherever books are sold. Um, and you can get the Kindle copy as well. So, uh, Eric, it's been a pleasure, man. Um, I will get this show up and loaded and let you know so we can get this out to our friends. And um, yes, I look forward to like normal, uh, so I, I'll get it on my page. Yep, and uh, and I and look forward to next week. Uh, we'll have another topic. Uh, and we can maybe share that out with the people through our social media, kind of let them know what we're going to be talking about uh, for next week. And uh, once again, man, it's always a pleasure. Love having uh, this little fun show together. Yeah, it's always fun. um, And we'll uh, we'll have some more fun next next Thursday uh, as we will continue to drive them in uh, with Jim Campanis and Eric Lenneberg. All right. All right. Take care.